Welcome to the Gospel Rain Podcast, part of the teaching ministry of Dr. Matt Brown and Dr. Micah Carter. We hope you will find gospel-centered answers to your questions about theology and the Christian life. And now, we welcome you to the Gospel Rain Conversation. Welcome back to the Gospel Rain Podcast. My name is Micah Carter, and I'm here with Dr. Matt Brown. And we are excited to be back behind the mics for another episode uh, in the Baptist Faith and Message series that we have started. We've, we gave an introduction a couple weeks back and have looked at uh, the article of Scripture. We've looked at and started the article of God. And we're going to finish up the article uh, on God by talking about God the Holy Spirit and God the Son uh, today. So, Matt, good to see you. Good to be back. Yeah, man, it's good to be back behind the mic again. We're we're rocking and rolling now, right? That's right. Trying to get back into a rhythm <laughs> and get back in the saddle, and, and uh, it's a rainy day that we're podcasting on, and but our spirits are soaring. Our yeah, and, are and when you're we're in your home studio. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're in your uh, dining room. That's yeah. right. So if you hear a dog barking, that's what's <laughs> happening because <laughs> we're at my house. But um, you know, this uh, I've really enjoyed personally, Matt, looking at the Baptist Faith and Message again reading the articles and thinking through, you know, the statements that are made in these are are helpful, encouraging, uh, biblical, and, you know, it's, um, I, I really long for our church members to take some time and read these things and, and contemplate. Um, there may be aspects of these articles, and you and I are going to talk about some of those, that, you know, we might we might say something differently or, you know, clarify something differently. But man, uh, I think I think overall it's a good job for our convention as a confession to really look at these and to to pay attention and to know them. I agree. I think the assumption is probably that most of our churches know the Baptist faith and message. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that assumption is is right. I, agree. I think we have a lot of people who operate on the basis of it, but may not may just not know it. And some, I think, some of our church members don't even know what it is. Right. Really, to be honest. Cause, you know, probably we just don't talk about it enough, maybe in church. I don't know. But but so I think this is really good. I think it's good for our listeners, too, especially maybe even those who are Southern Baptists, but those who are not, who are listening to us, too, will find out a little bit more about what we believe, what we how we operate. Yeah, and I think some of it goes back to uh, maybe in the introductory podcast on the Baptist Faith and Message series where we talked about the difference between confessions and creeds and uh, just wonder if maybe the average uh, Southern Baptist, you know, they kind of implicitly know we're not a creedal people. We That's don't. Right. I mean, maybe some of our churches recite the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed or something like that. But um, because we're autonomous churches and we we really have more of a low church practice mm-hmm. and tradition, um, you know that that maybe a lot is assumed, like you're saying. Yeah. But it'd be worthwhile. I'll just let me, let me just say this for our listeners as well. As we get into this, um, why don't you, before we talk about these things, push push pause and read the article on God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, and then come back to us, because I don't know that we're going to read the entire things, because some of these articles get pretty extensive. They do. But we want to talk about, we want to talk about some of the main points and main issues of that. So um, go ahead and take a look at yeah, that. Let me, and so let me clarify, it was written in 1925, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, if you haven't, just go back and listen to the introduction. 
uh, to this series. But published in 1925, it was revised again in 1963, and then revised again one more time in the year 2000. And so the one I'm reading is the is the one that we uh, I guess operate under currently the the revision of 2000. So this is what the article says about God the Son. Christ is the eternal Son of God. In his incarnation as Jesus Christ, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus perfectly revealed and did the will of God, taking upon himself human nature with its demands and necessities, and identifying himself completely with mankind, yet without sin. He honored the divine law by his personal obedience, and in his substitutionary death on the cross, he made provision for the redemption of men from sin. He was raised from the dead with a glorified body and appeared to his disciples as the person uh, as the person who was with them before his crucifixion. Hmm. He ascended into heaven and is now exalted at the right hand of God where he is the one mediator, fully God, fully man, in whose person is affected the reconciliation between God and man. He will return in power and glory to judge the world and to consummate his redemptive mission. He now dwells in all believers as the living and ever-present Lord. Mm-hmm. So we have a, basically, it's a presentation of a, a systematic understanding of who the Son is, right? We basically, right. chronological. He was eternal and then all the way to the end where he is now dwelling in us. So yep. sort of a New Testament systematic look of, at who Jesus is and his work, his person and his work. That's right. And, you know, even though in systematic theology we might, separate the person of Christ from the work of Christ to to really talk about the humanity and deity of Jesus right. and then atonement. But both go together. You can't really talk about the what without the who. And and so, you know, I think the statement did that well. Yeah. So let's look at a couple of these things. We won't be able to look at all this. Like you said, it's it can be pretty complex. But we can look at a, a few parts of this, and we can bounce some things off of each other. Some things that I think are really interesting, and we were talking about this before in just sort of meeting before the podcast, is that there have been there have been some changes uh, over time in these articles from sixty three, excuse me, from twenty five to this one. Mm-hmm. But you, as as we have done over the last um, couple of episodes, you're holding in your hand a uh, a comparison mm-hmm. of all three. And so just so as you look at it real quick right there, what are the significant changes that were made from, say, 1925 to now the year 2000? Well, like we talked about last time, the the 25 did not have a subsection for God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. So these three subsections are unique to the 63 and 2000. Um, But in this statement from the 63, the 2000 retained most of it. I mean, almost all of it. Uh, there is an interesting change and an interesting inclusion, two inclusions that are worth thinking through on this one. Uh, one is the 63 said, said the phrase this way, that Jesus perfectly revealed and did the will of God, taking upon himself the demands and necessities of human nature. But the 2000 flip-flops that. It says Jesus perfectly revealed and did the will of God, taking upon himself human nature with its demands and necessities. You like that change? I don't I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know. I, mean, I don't know that I, I can't I don't I don't know that I really see a, a glaring difference in the mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Um I, I guess I can understand maybe of course this is the way it is with all these this is really nuanced language. Right. And we cut really, really thinly right. with our language and we have to. Um that's necessary. That one though I don't I don't know that I see a 
big difference. In I the think two. it's one of emphasis. I think I think the emphasis is that he took upon himself human nature, which is you as a as a church historian theologian, you know Chalcedon, the Council of mm-hmm. Chalcedon, the statement of Chalcedon is so important in retaining for the God man mm-hmm. that he was truly God, truly man, and he had a full human nature and a full divine nature. Mm-hmm. So he didn't just take upon the necessities and demands of what it means to be human. Yeah. He took upon humanity, humanity Philippians is, 2. Yeah, I yeah. can see the, I can see so, the emphasis there. A little more emphasis, right? I think, yeah. right? And I think that emphasis is also given toward the end of that statement where it says, um, fully God, fully man, right? right. We, where we talked about that earlier too, where I think that's one of those... Um, uh, you, uh, read that one too, because yeah. in the 25, that's going to say is something a little bit different. 63. The, I'm sorry, 63. Yeah, yeah it does. It, it's, it, it says that Jesus um, was the one mediator partaking of the nature of God and of man. Now, I see the difference in the emphasis there, uh-huh. right? And partaking of it and then simply saying fully God, fully man. I think yeah. fully God, fully man, I think, is more historical. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a. I think that's, that's historical in that it's going back to the more orthodox way of, of stating this, fully God, fully man, instead of partaking. That's it's right. a little looser. The partaking is a little looser. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily sniff out any kind of heresy in no, that, no. but I agree with you about the historical context. And I, I actually kind of, I kind of go with R.C. Sproul's take on the language. If you want to be even more precise, you know, he says fully God, fully man is a little bit inferior to truly God, truly man, which is what Chalcedon says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not wrong to say fully God, fully man, obviously, but I think we um, just don't speak we don't speak in those that's uh, right. that language anymore. That, truly that's God, right. truly man. We just that language is sort of I don't know about out, but we just don't yeah. use it as much anymore. So I get the fully God, and I think that was a good. Yeah, I think that's a good way of changing that. Yeah, that's uh, right. Statement. That's right. And then so the person of of Christ, it the statement is really trying to clarify and to be consistent with with the biblical and confessional heritage we have that Jesus is the God Man. He's fully God, fully yeah. man. Yeah. Now, in his work, as you read it, uh, the 2000 adds one word that the 63 didn't have. It adds the term substitutionary. So the 25 didn't have that either? No. I'm assuming. No. Okay. No. So what do you think about that, substitutionary? I do like that. It's a it's a very um, heavily slanted theological word mm-hmm. uh, with intent. Right, and I think I I like the addition there, the substitutionary death, because there are different theories of the atonement, and uh, what, 10, 12, over time, there's been bunches of different theories of the atonement and what it was accomplishing or what Jesus was actually doing on the cross. Um, And I like the addition here because I think as Baptists, generally, we agree there that Jesus was our substitute. I think it's putting it in there. In other words, he wasn't just... um, being an example for us, that's one yeah. theory of the atonement. Jesus was our example, like setting a good example of how to love people and how to sacrifice for people. And that's good. Jesus was doing that. But ultimately, he was being our substitutionary. Uh, he was our substitution for the atonement. Right. That's a, a, a sort of a legal term theologically. Right. And so I like I like that term. I think it at least cuts a little bit 
more precise as to where we are theologically. I do too, and I think if it's any if it's any indicator of the committee, the composition of the committee itself, uh, you you would have had at, on this day a lot of people thinking through this model, you know, substitutionary atonement as vital for the gospel. You know, Moeller and Adrian Rogers and Steve Gaines and Jerry Vines and these guys would have all been preaching and you know and teaching substitutionary atonement. So it's not yeah. surprising that yeah. it's and, in there. And now that you say that, let me clarify this for some who, again, may not be aware of how all this works. But when the Baptist faith, the message was put together and then d- the different revisions, the revisions were made by a committee of people that were appointed to do this. And many of those people on the committee were uh, would have been uh, seminary presidents, would have been pastors, right. you know, other leaders within the Southern Baptist Convention. So it was not not just one person sat down and rewrote these things or wrote them. It was a committee of scholars within the convention that wrote these. So just for people who may not know how this works. So when you're talking about a committee of people who sat down mm-hmm. and had to really go over this thing with a fine-tooth comb and debate these things within committee meetings to say, I think this is a way we ought to say it. No, I think this is a way we ought to say it, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. Uh, it's healthy for us to be able to talk through things that way. So I think yeah. that's probably, like you're saying, the result of that kind of a meeting is where you get a term like substitutionary death. Yeah. yeah. I think it's precise. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And the 63 and the 2000, we can say this and then move on to the Holy Spirit if you want to, Matt. You know, really strong statement on the resurrection of Jesus and on the second coming. And, you know, I think in terms of the work of Christ, you can't forget about the resurrection, obviously. It's central. And the the blessed hope of his return. That's right. You know? Let me ask you about the 1925, though. Yeah. Those two things, were they well represented in the 19? 19- no. No, 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 because they no, didn't. The they article didn't was it. not there. The sub-article was not there. That's right. So in the 63, then, the the issue of his his uh, his crucifixion, his mediation, his reconciliation, his return, uh, and then consummation, are all those things represented in the 63? I don't have that comparative. When, when we get to Article 4, it kind of deviates a little bit on the doctrine of salvation because it's there that the 25 touches on these things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's the sub sub uh, section on God the Holy Spirit. Now let's shift a little bit to God the Holy Spirit. Um, great. Uh, you want to read that? Yeah, you want to read. All right, so this is Article 2C, and it reads this way. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, fully divine. He inspired holy men of old to write the Scriptures. Through illumination, he enabled men to understand truth. He exalts Christ. He convicts men of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He calls men to the Savior and effects regeneration. At the moment of regeneration, he baptizes every believer into the body of Christ. He cultivates Christian character, comforts believers, and bestows the spiritual gifts by which they serve God through his church. He seals the believer unto the day of final redemption. His presence is in the Christian is the guarantee that God will bring the believer into the fullness of the stature of Christ. He enlightens and empowers the believer and the church in worship, evangelism, and service. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's really good. I, I again, I like I like the statement. I think it's it clarifies some things for us. I think it's a full, a pretty full, mm-hmm. um, systematic statement of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't say everything, yep. but but it does say I believe what we would agree on as Southern Baptists. Yeah, and like two B, it, it really is presenting the person and work of the Spirit. Um, there there are some changes um, 
a few changes, not much, but for the most part, the 2000 retains the whole, the whole statement. It does add at the very beginning, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, comma, fully divine. So um, I think that would have been implied in the 63, but it was made explicit in the 2000. Yeah. Right. Which I think is good. And I, there's one clarification let me make. Throughout the the um, the article, um, you probably heard it, uh, our listeners probably heard this as I was reading it. We refer to the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, fully divine, and then uses a pronoun, he. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we want to yep. be real careful and clear here that the, the Holy Spirit is a he, not an it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think that's... Um, Intentional, I know it is. It's very intentional for us as Southern Baptists because there's some who see the Holy Spirit as a an impersonal force, right, uh, right. you know, our Star Wars kind of thing, and some kind of an energy or something like that. But He is a person. He is that we don't call Him an It, like right. It did this, or it, we call Him a He. So I, I want to just clarify that because it's very important to us in our theology, especially our Trinitarian understanding of God, that the Holy Spirit is a He. That's right. So he inspired holy men of old to write scriptures, and he enables, and so it mentions that pronoun numbers of times. He does this, and he does this. So, so I like the um, the 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 word you're talking about, the phrase you're talking about, fully divine. Yeah. Um, again, that helps us with our trinitarian understanding of of God. That's right, and you know, Southern Baptists have been, you know, somewhat comically uh, silent on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Yep. And so we have to at why? least confess that he's fully divine. Tell us why. Why do you think? Probably concerns Probably concerns about, you know, charismatic movement, probably concerns about gifts of the Spirit and those kinds of things. And maybe, you know, I don't know. It's it's really, I mean, the promise of Christ in John 14 through 16 about the indwelling Spirit and the Comforter, you know, those kind of things. We we should be maximizing our, our teaching on the Spirit, not minimizing it. Yeah, we just don't want to be called something. We don't want to be called a name. <laughs> we yeah. don't want to be lumped in with another group of uh, of people that we disagree with. So I, I guess a lot of people avoid avoid the subject. But yep. But know, I, I do think the statement's interesting that it it ins the two thousand inserts an, a sentence that is used in many ways by other denominations. Okay, so but listen to what it says. It adds, when it starts talking about regeneration, it adds, at the moment of regeneration, he baptizes every believer into the body of Christ. Mm. That's that's true. Yes. Um, you know, because some denominations believe in a, in a second blessing of the Spirit, being baptized into the Spirit, baptized mm. by the Spirit. Um, and and I, think, I think the statement is correct that the baptism of the Spirit is tied to regeneration into the body of Christ. I agree. And this also gives us a distinction between this article and another article that we will read later on baptism. Mm-hmm. Right. And it gives us a, the distinction between uh, different ways of understanding baptism. Baptism is a physical thing, right? We baptize people in water. Right. But it's also a spiritual reality that when we are saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes which means immerse or 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 dunks us into uh he baptizes every believer into the body of Christ so it's a physical thing we we show that through the the ordinance of baptism but it, it's a it's a physical thing showing the a spiritual reality which the holy spirit is responsible for baptizing yeah, well us into the body of that's Christ that's well said yeah so i like that uh maybe one more one more little change here it seems a little more nuanced. I'm curious your thoughts on this. So in the in the 2000, uh, there's a sentence that says, His presence in the Christian life is the guarantee that God will bring the believer into the fullness and stature of Christ. Guarantee that God will bring. 
The 63 says his presence in the Christian is the assurance of God to bring the believer into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Why strengthen it this way? Well, I don't know. I I guess that's a... um, uh, Well, my first thought is the word guarantee Mm -hmm. fits closer to um, a biblical word which is found in Ephesians chapter one, right. uh, verse thirteen and fourteen, where it talks about the um, the the Holy Spirit is given to us as a guarantee or a a, a down payment, a deposit of the faith. Right. Meaning, the Holy Spirit is given to us as God's. We are sealed in the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of the inheritance. Inheritance. So. so I think that's just a closer biblical word rather than assurance, and yeah. I think those are just. Um, Maybe the word assurance comes from mm-hmm. the word guarantee. Yeah. I don't think they're synonymous. Right. I think one comes from the other. We get yeah. assurance from the fact that we've been sealed. I don't think they're the same thing. Yeah, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with the, the phrase assurance of God to bring. No, because I, we do have assurance. We right? do. And I but I do I do like the two thousand is is that it's it's more confident that the indwelling spirit who brings the fruits the fruit of the spirit uh, conforming us into the image of Christ, that it's a guarantee that God will bring us into the fullness. Yeah, it's our inherit. He's our inheritance. He's the seal, and um, and the indwelling worker and sustainer in our life for these things. So, yeah, yeah I'm happy with that. Yeah, I am too. And it says a lot about our assurance, right? You know, when when He comes to live inside of us, the Holy Spirit does. We are then given great assurance for our future, right? That we are, we have been sealed. We have been guaranteed. We have been given a hope, and we've been given promises, and we've been given life, and that life will not be taken away from us, and we will not be snatched out of the Father's hand. All these things are reality when it comes to assurance because of the fact that we've been, we've, we are. He's given us his guarantee. That's right. The Holy Spirit. So that's right. So I like the the different subset subsets or the sub articles of the article on God, and I think these really help us to be a little bit more precise. Yeah. Um, so good. Yeah. There's I know there's more to it uh, than what we've covered, and so we just we're trying to give a um, just an overview of what it is that we believe. And so let me uh, encourage our our listeners. Um, if you are a Southern Baptist, you need to know what you believe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even if you're not a Southern Baptist, you need to know what you believe. But as Southern Baptist, for sure, uh, you have a way of knowing this. And these things are, uh, are readily available out there for you. All you need to do is go online and you can look real quickly and find the Baptist faith and message. Uh, and so you can find that. You can also find a comparative uh, listing of those things like you have there between the, those three different, uh, the original publication and the two revisions. Or you can just look and see uh, with Southern Baptist now what, what we believe or what we've written in the 2000s. So you right. need to check it out, need to look. And there are, as we said, I think um, a couple episodes ago, just as a reminder, there is a Bible study out there available uh, that's actually called uh, Baptist Faith and Message. And it's a small group Bible study you can get and uh, do with a small group of people at your church and go through the Baptist faith and message together. And it asks a lot of questions and gives you some things to do during the week as you spend time with the Scripture and how to understand the articles and all that kind of stuff. So it really, really is helpful. And, and I've actually gone through this study with a small group of people at my church in the past. And 
I think is very helpful. So anyway, just throwing that out there. There are other resources out there too, but that's just one that uh, that we've mentioned. Um, so let's, um, Michael, let's close the podcast. Um, we're sort of at that point. We're trying to, to trim these uh, podcasts a little bit more and make it more streamlined and easier to listen to on a commute or something like that or at lunch. So let's close the podcast with a segment that we call um, One More Thing. And, uh, Mike, you may have uh, one more thing that you want to mention, something personal about yourself or your family, what's going on in ministry, mm. uh, so that our listeners know a little bit more about you. So what's one more thing going on with you? One more thing. All right, well, I've mentioned my dog, you know, and uh, we, we've been <laughs> and I ma- just met your dog. You did today. Nice. Um, I've been married 21 years. We've not ha- ever had any animals. Really? Yep. yep. I did not know that. Now. first animal. And uh, Wow. Meredith wouldn't let you have one? Well, just- we just never really thought about it much you okay. know i mean I, I had some animals growing up not many she did as well and um my youngest son john has been terrified of dogs it doesn't matter if it's okay. a teacup you know whatever or a great dane he's he's terrified of dogs so they went to student camp snowbird uh-huh. and while they were there meredith got this dog max okay. our dog max he's a spaniel poodle mix and man this little guy ha- is the perfect dog for our home and uh, I have fallen so in love with this dog. I just, I can't <laughs> imagine life without him now. And, uh, you know, I'm a dog person now. I'm, even the screensaver on my phone is a picture of my dog. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But, so anyways, Max uh, is a gift from the Lord. And uh, I'm, I, I, if I have ever uh, bashed any dog lovers out there, animal lovers, I repent you of this now. Man. And apologize now because uh, I can now see how wonderful of a gift and you know animals are you know to your family and to you personally so i thank god for max and uh and he's been a lot of fun to watch grow up from a puppy and uh anyway so that's one more thing for us and it's an he's an inside dog sleeps with us every night um meredith said if you'd have told me six months ago that mikey carter let a dog kiss him on the mouth i'd tell you crazy <laughs> but uh every morning max comes up and kiss, kiss me on the mouth so that's great. There's that. We're uh, we're we're dog lovers. We always have been. We've always had dogs. I think our whole marriage, Nikki and I, have always had dogs. As a matter of fact, that's one of the ways that we met. Oh yeah, um, is through a dog. Uh, she had a dog and they didn't want any more. And I did. He was a boxer and I loved boxers. He was my How first boxer. That? Yeah. And we've had bunches of boxers since then. We love them. And so we've got a couple of house dogs now. And we've had a Great Dane in the house. Really. And uh, we did. And he was the best dog we've ever had. Uh, boxers, big dogs, little dogs. Right now, we got two little dogs. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we're, we've always been dog lovers. That's cool. What about I, you? One I might one more thing. Uh, just about two of my kids uh, right now. Emily, uh, my oldest daughter, I haven't given an update on her uh, to our listeners in a while. She's a college student now. That's really hard to, to believe. Mm. Uh, she made it through her first semester at Boyce College and has done well. And uh, she is, um, is majoring in global studies, which is a missions uh, track. Uh, program and so she's doing that and she is right now left at four o'clock this morning headed to las vegas on another mission trip with a few people from my church and so i'm real proud of her she's uh she's all about missions Uh, that's one thing that i think that she's for the rest of her life i think that's one thing she's always going to spend all of her money on is mission trips yeah Uh, Yeah. that's just sort of her thing she loves it so anyway so god's using her and then my oldest son uh nason is um is a tenth grader now and is involved in all kinds of stuff. We're Rock supposed star. to be traveling, I know, like an hour <laughs> tonight to go see a soccer game, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been in the band and uh, doing uh, cross country and all this kind of stuff. So he's uh, he's very very busy. Well, drum major 
for yeah. for the band yeah, who right. won state competition. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it was really awesome. cool. Yeah, it was really cool as a as a sophomore for him to be able to to be one of the drum majors and and win a a, a state ring and all that. That's really really cool for him. So real proud of him. Yeah. He's he's done great. But anyway, it's just an update on a couple of my older kids. I got uh, two younger kids too, and I'll update you on those later. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's my one more thing. Anyway, let me close the podcast. Thank you for listening to us on the Gospel Rain podcast. We have some new things coming out there on the website and all that stuff over time. You can go find us at gospelrain.com, and you can find some things there like the podcast and hopefully some other things later down the road like uh, some blogs. Uh, we've uh, shared a couple of poems. I just shared uh, last week a poem that I just wrote. Yeah. Uh, it took me uh, several months to write it, but I shared it out there just, I think, last week, uh, something that's really close to my heart uh, lately. So anyway, some other information out there, or you can find us in different places on iTunes and Stitcher and other other things like that. So share us out there with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us also now on Instagram. Uh, thanks to Dr. Carter. He, <laughs> gave, he made us uh, an Instagram account. So you can find the Gospel Rain in different places. Just share us. But we'll see you again next time on the Gospel Rain podcast. Thank you for joining us for the Gospel Rain podcast. We hope you've been encouraged today. And we pray the gospel will reign in your life this week. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Or check out our website, at gospelrain.com. Mm-hmm.